Hey, welcome to part two. Welcome back to the big end of season review here on We Ate All the Pies. If you haven't listened to part one, you should go back because you missed quite a lot. Resident Fulham fan Caleb is actually here with us this time, and Newcastle fan Jordan still hates Steve Bruce. Right, maybe you haven't missed that much, but you should go back and listen to the first part. But for the rest of you, as you'll remember, we just finished up with Aston Villa, and we're going to launch right back into our team-by-team review with Leeds United. Enjoy! So, so yeah, a good season for Aston Villa. Another good, uh, A good season, I also think, first time in the Premier League for, uh, well, in a while, for Leeds United. The story that kind of got lost over the pandemic that that they were new to the Premier League this year, but Leeds. Um, I completely forgot about them. God, they had a good year. <laughs> but but that's weird. It's it's kind of strange. But they finished in the top half of the table. Jordan, you've been taking a look at, at Leeds United. Um, what um, what stands out for them? Uh, it's weird to say that, that you forget a team that's managed by Marco Bielsa. I know. Um, uh, uh, who is both the best thing about uh, Leeds and the worst thing the about worst. Leeds simultaneously uh, in the fact that they scored a um, uh, scored 59 goals on this season and then allowed 53. So, uh, you know, the Bielsa ball, if you will, that, you know, forward, uh, that 4-3-3 with, uh, you know, Stuart Dallas, um, J- uh, Jack Harrison, um, Alawoski, in the middle, you know, pushing forward, pressing high. Patrick Bamford, who had a great year this year, uh, 16 goals and seven assists. He was awesome. Um, um, so, you know, him, uh, you know, he being, he being a bright spot of the team. And uh, same thing with Jack Harrison, eight goals and eight, uh, eight assists for Jack Harrison on the season. Um, now, the problem is the, is the defensive end. Um, I love a player like Luke Ailey. Honestly, at a right back, I would love to see him, you know, at Newcastle United because it um, it seems like he could he could he could do a job. And at 29, I don't think he'd be that expensive. Um, but for all the you know the 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 attacking prowess they had on the uh, in the in the opponents end, it was just an open sieve on the back, um, and it it really tested uh, Messier, their young French goalkeeper, who might mm. honestly be the future of the French national team in a couple of years, uh, depending on how many uh, more DUIs Hugo Lloris has. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, I, yeah, I, you, you make a good point. I just real quick. So I, I remember cause United thrashed them earlier this season. I mean, just absolutely tore them apart. And I remember at halftime of that game, um, you had the NBC analysis, uh, anal- oof, analysts, that was kind of hard to say. Uh, the The NBC commentators basically were talking about how, you know, oh well, that's just Marco Bielsa, and that's just how this Leeds team plays, and that's just how. And I was just sitting there thinking, well, that surely that's not a, a sign of a good manager because a good manager would make the changes to stop that, not just say, oh well, well this is all we can do. So I mean, I I don't know how I feel about that. I get I get what people say. Oh, he's got them playing so fit. You know, I think Leeds covered more ground than anybody this season. I think that they, 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 you know, there's, there's some other statistics that uh, I think Leeds fans and, and Marco Bielsa fanboys will point to and say, "Oh, look at look at what they did and look at what he did." But then I'll I'll, I'll point to them and say, "Well, yeah, look at what he did. He only got ninth. So, I mean, yeah. what is that? What's that really doing uh, for you?" And more to your point, I believe um, I, I remember a late season match uh, against Brighton. And I believe this is what the start of the Brighton turnaround that game against that game against Leeds, which they won, where uh, you know Patrick Bamford was basically uh, you know running his head into a wall that was um, you know headed by Lewis Dunk, and uh, they couldn't fi- you know find any space to take advantage of, and they couldn't you know that Brighton defense was so well organized, and they had no plan B. Yes. So. Um, I believe we. I said it earlier. Marco Bielsa is the best and the worst thing about Leeds United at the same time, and that gets you ninth place. Yeah, and my prediction, honestly, for Leeds next season, I don't think it's going to be as good. I think they're going to really start to question Marco's tactics and his abilities and and how he can build. I think, I think that this is about the best they can do. I could be wrong, but I just I get that feeling that they're not going to perform as well. I don't think they're going to get 
the stuff break as well. Uh, you know, Patrick Bamford may not have as good of a year. And so, you, you know, Rafinha could be on his way out. So you really have to start to wonder, I think, where the leads are going to move from here because I think this is about the best that they can do. Um, I, I I agree with you, Adam. I think solid lower mid-table. Definitely not 9 or 10, but that 12 to 14 yeah. range next season. Yeah, not, and maybe then, not necessarily and, relegation, but yeah. And then and then Marco Bielsa having like a training bust up uh, with like a couple players and then him getting, <laughs> you know, unceremoniously sacked uh by the by the uh, the lead the leads front office we're going full leads here um uh so lo- so we're gonna we'll move on now but this is definitely a team i know i know this show's running long i, I kind of planned for this to run long but um you know i feel like this is a team that we're all gonna have something to say to talk about Our with which is two-parter <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um arsenal now i mean where do you start uh, i they finished the season below Tottenham for the fifth season running. There is no European football. Um, you know, you got some some times of good play, but also some, some times of a lot of frustration. And, you know, maybe you get a little bit unlucky with the injuries at, towards the end of the season to Lacazette, and then uh, Aubameyang was out, I think, for a while with malaria, and you had to rely a lot on some young some young players um, however, the notoriety and the position, the money that you would need to replace all that stuff is much higher up the table than they're getting right now. And I don't think that it, it's 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 not great. In fact, I think I, I think if you're a team like Arsenal, you've been linked to the European Super League and tried to we were a part of that 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 thing. And then so you know, people a lot of people made jokes. Well, why are Arsenal in it? Um, and then you you don't make European football. You finish below Tottenham. Um, you know, I I think the the knee jerk reaction, um, which is something that I might expect from an ownership group led by Stan Kroenke, would be to sack the manager. But they're looking across North <laughs> London, and Good yeah word. yeah, and but they're looking across West London or uh, North London. And they're seeing their their arch nemesis Spurs struggle so hard to replace their manager. I don't. I, I think that they're scared because who who do you get? Who else do you bring in? Who's going to do you know as good a job or better as Mikel Arteta? I just don't see that out there. So I think he'll he'll continue in. And honestly, the thing that's been missing from Arsenal this season is the thing that they've been missing. I would say since Patrick Vieira left back in two thousand and and. I think it was 2006. Yeah, it was 2005 or 2006 when he left. It's They have no spine. This is a spineless team. They have no solid midfield. And they brought in Thomas Party to try and fix that, and he doesn't. He, he didn't. He had some injury issues, but he still didn't fix it. You know, there's, their center backs are a mess. Um, so inconsistent. They tried to fix that by bringing in an aging David Luiz, which didn't work out at all. Um, and it's just not... It, there's no core in this team that you would build around that guys like Bakari Saka and, and Emil Smith-Rowe, Eddie Nketiah, there's no core that these attacking players can work around in order to grow and to build something and to actually make it work. They have got to spend big this summer to bring that in. I don't, I, and, and if they don't, they will not improve from next season. They will continue to fail, and Arteta won't make it through the season. That's my prediction. They've, they've got to go big this summer if they don't. It's just good. they're going to continue to go backwards. I love it. I think I hate every Arsenal fan, so I think it's fantastic. <laughs> like let them suffer. It's how I feel personally. <laughs> but I just... it's, it's it's everything they deserve. Now, I mean, I think that it's one of those things too. We're talking about a team that I think for a lot of people was. I mean, this is a squad that historically has been one of the better you know squads in the Premier League. That's just really suffered with. Um, you know, you mentioned spine. I think, you know, another word potentially would be identity. I mean, it's just a team yeah. that doesn't feel like it really knows what it is and what it's all about. And, you know, that's a tough thing to you can't manufacture that. It has to be it has to be something that is um, it has to be authentic. And so I, I think that that's kind of where they, you know, you, you can't just manufacture that. So it, it's going to take it's not they're not one player away from being 
you know, really relevant. Again, I think they're, it's going to take them a while to get to the point where they can really compete for, you know, say a top four finish. And that identity to your, to, to what you were saying, Caleb, it comes from the manager and it comes over a long, long period of time. And I, I, I get that Mikel Arteta was trying to implement that this season. I feel like Thomas Partey, if working, if he worked on his defensive, on, on his defensive, uh, his defensive game could slot into that Patrick Vieira role. Um, because his, his per nineties for the season weren't weren't that bad. Now, I mean, he is twenty seven, so it you know, it it, it might have already you know, gone you know, come and gone for him. But uh, he uh, he had about a you know one one point nine block uh, you know per uh, per ninety, not bad. Uh, you know, averaged about three successful uh, successful tackles per ninety. You know, not bad again. Um, I mean, if he could, you know, grow in the middle and, you know, uh, more in the middle stage of his career, I think he could, you know, be that Patrick Vieira style player because he does have the body for it. Uh, ironically enough, Thomas Party will get a, a, a league a league winner's medal this year for the three matches he played with Atletico before he moved to Arsenal. <laughs> um, and to your point of Arsenal lacking, lacking identity too, it it doesn't hurt it no it doesn't help them that uh for how much i love bernard leno uh from his years at leverkusen where i thought he was great he has when he since he's joined arsenal he is underwhelmed um and and is not the you know the the leader i think arsenal needs in uh, you know organizing that back line especially if they're going to have you know like uh you know injuries to bellerin you know, having to throw Rob Holding back there at center back for once in a while. What do you think, Adam? I, yeah, I mean, I think I don't know. I just this this team was it just looked so disjointed this year, and I I I still I think I still come back to to you know identity and developing a style that you play with and. You know, when we think about the way that they had their center backs lined up this season, I keep coming back to this moment where, and I can't remember who it was against, but they were playing a, a pretty decent team, and they had a three at the back system. Kieran Tierney was the left sided center back, but he kept going forward like somebody who was a, a fullback, and it just it it left them way too exposed, and they got caught on the counter like multiple times, and. Look, I get that Mikel Arteta learned under under Pep, and that he, you know, that was a big influence under him. But he's trying to do this stuff way too soon. I mean, he's not he's not Pep, and he tried to be that this season, and it just didn't work. And it was only when I think he went to a four at the back, a four two three one sort of system that Arsenal actually really started to look pretty decent this year. I mean, Nicola Pepe had a pretty good end of the season. He scored at least twice today. I think he scored in the last game as well. So. You know, maybe there are some bright spots here, but again, you know, you keep coming back to, you know, they're going to have to just go big um, this summer and really go after some players that, honestly, now that they've fallen out of out of Europe, they 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 have to get players that might be out of their reach right now. Um, you know, it's a London club; it's a great stadium. That's only going to go so far. Um, you know, to to attracting players to come and play for you, they're going to have to be bought into the system. And I just don't know that I don't I don't know that they're that they're quite there um, with getting people to buy in. Now you say that Adam, and you, you might be right if they want to kick on to the Champions League uh, next season. They will have to make some big additions because I believe uh, you know Nicholas Pepe kind of highlights their whole season, eighty million pounds, and you know underwhelming, um, but. In a year from now, they might have a pretty bright future. If you're going to have, um, you know, Ansley Maitland-Niles, Eddie uh, Niketa, uh, or Eddie Keta, uh, Joe Willick, and uh, Emil Smith Rowe, you know, as your core. And I don't think Ainsley Maitland-Niles is. is I, I don't think he'll be there next. I think I think they'll they'll jettison him. He spent most of the season out on loan. I know Joe Willick did, but he that's a di- little bit of a different circumstance because he did so well. Um, and reportedly, Arsenal are going to keep a hold of Joe Willick next season. I think they've already said that. Um, let's 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 move on to another team. I think felt a little bit disjointed this season, and um, 
and we'll 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 kind of try and get through these as quick as possible. But just it's a long show. I'm sorry. Um, Everton, Everton. Uh, they've got a new stadium coming in. They've got a great manager under them with Carlo Ancelotti. Um, but they just, especially toward the end of the season when they had a lot to play for, they just didn't do it, and it didn't cut it. And I'm just wondering where this team might be at the moment. I mean, they just kind of seem like they're 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 kind of suspended in nowheresville. No, you're right, Adam. Um, you know, 47 goals scored, uh, 43 goals against, so a differential of four. You know, um, what highlights what's what's highlighted Everton's season uh, for me at least is, and I don't know about I don't know how the other how y'all two feel. I I feel like they have a overall lack of team speed in certain key positions. Like when uh, when you're rolling out Lucas, uh, uh, you know, Dine and, um, you know, Mason Holgate as your as your fullbacks, you know, in, in the absence of Seamus Coleman, um, that that I don't that does not provide the the, the, the you know, the overlaps, the, you know, the, the quickness, the pace, you know, in the in, in the transition that I'd be looking for uh, as Everton, especially with, uh, you know, a player like uh, Rich Richarlson who I kind of feel like is the only, you know, you know, forward motor the team has because of, uh, you know, Dominic uh, for, you know, Dominic Calvert-Lewin for all the go- goals he scored, um, you know, 16 on a season. He, he's not that quick of a player either. And I just feel like they just lack overall team speed. Uh, what about y'all? Yeah, no, I would agree. It's it. They, you know, you've got a good goal scorer in Dominic Calvert-Lewin, but it just seems like the, players around him to set him up um, just didn't do well enough this year. I don't think Richarlison had a very good season. I was a little disappointed by Hamas Rodriguez. Again, I know he had some injury things to say with Andre Gomez, who had some injury, but I mean, you know, it's, it, it's felt for a while now, like Everton are trying to build something that, and, and challenge for that, that top six. Um, I know that's what the owner wants. I know that's what they want because they're they're putting in this brand new, great stadium, and they want to fill that with a team who's competing in European football, who's who's challenging for the Champions League at the very least. That's the minimum expectation you would want for a team that's going to play in the stadium that they want. And it just it didn't look together enough this season, and I I don't know if that has anything to do with the pandemic, you know. But, I mean, when you look at their bench, you see a guy like Carlo Ancelotti who has managed so many great top teams. It was incredibly underwhelming to see Everton play the way that they do and end up where they are um, based on him. And now I do kind of wonder, as you're moving ahead, do you stick with Carlo? Do you try and bring somebody else in who's maybe got a plan, who can you know, build for the long term. I, I still don't see Carlo as a long term option. He didn't. He wasn't brought in. I don't think as a long term option. I think next season, if you know, if there's just not a significant uptick in results and you know, in form throughout the season. Um. Yeah. I think I think he'll be gone. You know. You know you have a you have a you have a double digit goal scorer in DCL, but. The way the team's set up, it it's like it's like they're set up to be Manchester City light, but they uh but they don't have that extra gear that City can get to, um and stretch you out, and take advantage of that with a you know you know speed at the wings, um yeah, and I feel like for like the seventh season in a row they're still trying to figure out where the best position to play Guilty Sigurdsson uh, is. And Very I don't know point. if they'll ever find. I don't know if they'll ever find the answer at Everton. I think it's just time for him and them to move on, and um, <laughs> yeah. and maybe find find a different club because he is thirty one. Yes, yeah. So he's not. I think it's 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 going to continue. I do think I did like uh, the signing of of Abdoulaye Dekoure. Um I think he came over from Watford after they were relegated really yes, last he did. season. But he's. I mean, he's a really good player. He's 28 years old. Um, he had some really good moments early on in the season. Um, so I think they'll look look to get a little bit more out of him next season. Moving on to another team. Um, we've already talked a little bit about them, Tottenham Hotspur. Um, like we said earlier, I think 
a, a lot of their future depends on Harry Kane. Um, but if you look at the way their season went, I mean, honestly, if if you try the Jose Mourinho experiment and this is where you end up, it's fully deserved. That's it's <laughs> it's you deserved. I think Tottenham deserved what they ended up with this season by choosing a manager who played so differently to the way that Pochettino had lined up with them and so differently to, I think, what anybody would have wanted um, from a Spurs fan perspective. Somebody said earlier in the season, and this is, you know, you kind of mentioned earlier, Caleb, the influence of the fans and how they have on players. I think if Tottenham fans had been in the stadium this season, Jose would not have lost, lasted near as long as he did. Um, and the fact that he was able to hold on, I think, I think that held the team back. I really do. Because as we said, there's a squad here. It's, uh, it's it's a we it's an odd thing because it's it's kind of like you see this sometimes in, in in other sports where you have a player who's just you know fantastically talented and just brilliant um, who leads a team that you know has you know like Tottenham does has a has a fairly uh, solid supporting cast and you know if there was a season where you thought with this the disruptions from the pandemic where you know the kind of stability you have with with Kane leading that charge you know this is a squad that could really um, perform really well yeah it's 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 odd that they don't finish you know they're not competing for um you know the premiership they don't finish um you know in the in the at, you know near the top and and so i mean you can kind of see why kane wants out it's it's yeah. it's a frustrating year and it's a it's one of a series of frustrating years for them it is it is so very tottenham for them to have finished and to have this season the way that they have had it. Um, as we said earlier, I think the favorite for that vacant manager's role is Nuno Espiritu Santo. I don't know that he necessarily does more than what they've got this season. Um, I think he's a fine manager. I don't know if that's the team for him. Um, and and I also kind of wonder, you know, if he comes in the way that he likes to play, they might need some additional personnel. I do think one player that will would thrive regardless and who I think was really one of their, I mean, aside from Harry Kane, probably their most consistent player this season, which is Pierre ML Hojberg, um, who came in from, I think it was Southampton and yeah. really, yeah, really was just that solid, you know, dirty work kind of midfielder that they need. Um, you know, I don't know if he's necessarily somebody who you build around. I think he's more of kind of like a workhorse. He, he, he goes in, he does the job, you know, he, he might score the odd goal, um, but he basically kind of runs around and disrupts things. But he's not, you know, the type who's going to spray balls around in the midfield and be, you know, the type who, uh, who's uh, you're going to hinge your attack on or, or, or your play on. Um, but I do think that someone like Nuno would get a lot of mileage out of Pierre um, if he, if, if, assuming that he stays. Um, I would be interested uh, to see uh, if, you know, if, if Nuno Espiritu de Santo is going to line up in that three back, um, you know, that three center back formation. If you're going to do a midfield pairing of uh, uh, Emil Hoiberg and Lo Celso as a kind of an upgraded uh, Dindonker uh, and uh, Ruben Neves, I'd be interested to see that for sure. Um, I don't know if, uh, DeSanto would be an upgrade over Ryan Mason because I kind of feel like in the past couple games, and I don't know about what you thought about this, Adam, I think Ryan Mason is the Gareth Bell whisperer because <laughs> he seems much more motivated. And maybe this is because it's, you know, Euro 2020 and he's got to, you know, he's got to lead the line for Wales um, this summer. Uh, <laughs> he, he scored two goals today. Um, and he's kind of been on a tear. He's been uh, Gareth Bale has been unleashed since uh, since Ryan Mason has taken over. So, yeah, it's interesting the Bale situation. He's obviously he's still on loan, and so he'll go back to to Madrid when the season ends. Um, and it, you know, it was funny today. I saw uh, when Bale kind of got in behind, and it was him, and he had Harry Kane next to him. And he very easily could have chosen to pass to Harry Kane knowing that his teammate is chasing the golden boot and not aware of how many goals Mo Salah had scored at Liverpool. You know, every goal would count. And instead, he decided to take it himself. It takes a deflection, I think, off, or, or I think it goes to the far post. It hits the base of the post and bounces straight back to Gareth Bale, who puts it in. Um, 
so you know, yeah, I mean, I guess the the moment that he chose to be selfish um, ended up paying off, and sometimes you need that. But you know, it's it's a weird situation. On the one hand, he has been looking good, but on the other hand, he doesn't really look like a teammate. He just looks like a guy who's out there, um, you know, playing and and maybe you know throwing around the the, the odd skill here or there. But he doesn't look necessarily together with the Spurs team. Um, maybe that's just a symptom of, of it being a loan deal, but you know. If if you do lose Harry Kane and you get that money, do you spend big and try and get Bale in on a permanent basis? But is he the guy who's going to lead your team forward? I don't think so. I don't think he's that type of guy. I, I don't think he's someone who you can build your team around anymore. Um, so I don't know where they're going to look. A lot of it's going to depend on who they end up getting as manager. Um, and I, it's 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 some tense times if you're a Spurs fan. I think I, I it's it's just been. This this second half of the season has been, um, just a for to, to not get the censors after us here, but it's been a cluster. It's it really yes, it has. has. Yeah, and uh, I mean, at, at at Tottenham this summer too, you're also going to have a question um, with a couple of players on where you want to go from here because I just feel like they've been kind of you know isolate you know isolated from the team. Uh, players like Musa Sissoko, um, Lucas Mora. Uh, who kind of slots in along with uh, Eric Lamella as like that super sub. Um, yeah. You know, th- those guys are both 28 and 29 with uh, Sissoko being 31. Um, you know, what are you going to do with those guys, especially, you know, in the past year since you brought in like Steven Bergwijn, um, you know, La Celso. Um, and then you're also going to have a question of uh, if, if Kane goes, does your second best player go human song? And where would he go? And yeah, I mean, yeah. it doesn't go, it doesn't I, go anywhere, uh, which uh, Adam real quick, we're going to play a game. Uh, okay. Guess where, guess where former Manchester city. Number one, Joe Hart is Tottenham. Yes. He's on yeah. the Tottenham bench. Yeah. He's on the Tottenham that. payroll. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he got like, him for a free over the summer. I was like, holy, I was like, holy shit. He's, <laughs> he's landed somewhere. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, let's move into the top six now. Uh, it's taken us long enough, and actually, I, I might end up dividing this episode up. But um, so let's let's start our top six journey with a team that almost made it into the Champions League, but just fell short. West Ham, uh, West Ham United, a great a great Champions League run um, in his first full season back with West Ham um, since taking over in in, in two thousand uh, midway through the two thousand nineteen twenty twenty season. Moyes seems back to his pre-United self. I mean, this is the type of performance you would expect out of a Moyes-Everton side, um, and they duly delivered. Um, guys like, you know, Lingard, um, Jared Bowen had a fantastic-looking season. For Nals, I think, scored twice today. Mikel Antonio, um, uh, you know, uh, had, had some moments. And so I think the question going forward is, you know, how many of those guys are going to be central to your play next season. Lingard's on loan. Antonio, I think, is over 30. And so, you know, do you do you keep him as your your the spear of your attack, or do you look for somebody else? Where it is they're trying to look for somebody else. Um, but, you know, your West Ham, it's going to be kind of one of these, you know, lower dollar. They're not going to go out and, and – and, they don't have 150,000 – they don't have 150 million pounds to spend on Harry Kane. Let's just put it that way. So, um, you know – Declan Rice, you know, he's going to continue to grow, but does he stay around? Uh, you know, it's kind of like Tottenham. There's a squad here, and and Moyes is going to get the chance, at least reportedly, he's going to get the chance to improve it and to move and to push on from this season and improve. And it's good they have Europa League football. Um, I think, you know, that there's a few young players in the in in the defensive side of things that that could be really good. I think a big player for them this season was uh, Angelo Ogbonna. He's 33, so you know you got to maybe start thinking about moving on from him, and and what that's going to look like. So, um, but it was a good solid season for West Ham, and I, it was good to see from Moyes as well. Um, you know, Adam, uh, to your point about having having not not, not uh, uh, West Ham not having 80 million pounds to go chase after uh, Harry Kane. You know, with Mikel Antonio being 30, you kind of thought that last season when they spent um, that all that money on Sebastian Haller. Yeah, uh, that he was going to be the number nine of the future, and you know he's on loan to Ajax right now. Um, so I I think he 
he might be, you know, a, 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 an unfortunate waste of money on their part and ultimately like uh, uh, bite them in the rear. Um, 100%, 100% a waste of money, yes. Uh, but, you know, like any David Moyes team, uh, uh, solid defensive effort, you know, I think their defense will be fine. Uh, moving on from Abana with Issa Diop back there uh, and, um, you know, Kufal. Who uh, had uh, uh, Vladimir Kufal, who had six assists on the season, pretty nice from a, from a uh, from a from a fullback. Yeah, um, yeah you know, great. Uh, they have tons of they have tons of players who kind of feel that you know that wing role, Lingard, Benarama, uh, uh, Lanzini when he's healthy, which it's been like what, five years since uh, Manuel Lanzini's been truly healthy. Um, but you're right. Um, you know, solid, solid, solid organized team, just looking for that final piece up front to, you know, make everything click and, um, you know, kick on into the top six. Uh, and I do wonder if what the Europa League will do to this team next season, whether, because sometimes it serves as, as a positive, but other times I think it's more of a, a distraction. And I just kind of wonder if that's, you know, if that might have a negative impact on, on you know, it, it's, I think it's still the case that sometimes you really, if, if you want to make a good solid run at Europe, the one thing you don't do is end up in the Europa League because that does make it really hard. It's Thursday night games. It's, you know, quick turnarounds. You kind of it's need Red a, Star. it's Red Star Belgrade on a Thursday <laughs> night. Um, yeah, it's, it's that kind of thing. And it's, you know, it's travel that's not always rewarding for the players, both in terms of results and in terms of, of the impact uh, on them physically. So yeah, it's, it, it's going to be tough. Um, but I like this team. I like, I like the squad that they have. And, um, you know, I, I, I think it's a shame that the, going back to this comment, thing, it's a shame that there weren't more West Ham fans in the stands this season. Cause I think they would have had a, a lot of fun this season um, under David uh. Moyes. Uh, Caleb, real quick, if you if you didn't catch on right there, uh, Red Star Belgrade is the side <laughs> joke me and Adam have uh, when we mentioned uh, the Europa League, um, <laughs> along with like going to Stoke on a rainy Tuesday night. Right. Uh, any 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 time uh, I think of the Europa League, I'm thinking of you're going to the former Eastern Bloc. <laughs> you're you're go- you're going you're going to a place where you might the, the game might get called off because of uh riding ultras for the same team yeah and i think you should stick around you definitely should stick around caleb when we get to that point because i think sometimes we'll have jordan try and say the names of these teams just for some fun oh that's always that's yeah. always a good time yeah um let's go to uh let's let's talk about leicester leicester city god bless they had such a wonderful season fa cup champions they looked uh, up until this last month, they looked like the Champions League was imminent, and they end up just outside of of the top four, which is a, a real shame um, for a team that I thought did quite well this season. That is just like a sorry, sorry to cut you off, Caleb. Just like any Brendan <laughs> Rodgers side, uh, you slip on the banana, on the banana peel before the finish line. Um, <laughs> Uh, no, it was actually a pretty. It was a really good season uh, for Leicester City. Uh, you know, given uh, you know the the youth in their team, and uh, you know the questions they had over the summer, uh, i.e., Kelechi and Nacho, which uh, I think he answered most of the questions we had about him over the summer last year with uh, you know twelve goals and two assists. You know, nice double digit goal season for Ian Nacho, um, Jamie Vardy. Um, I think has pickled himself with all the alcohol he's drank throughout his life because he is the ageless wonder. Uh, 13 goals and nine assists this season at the age of 34. And you kind of wonder, is this going to be his last uh, go around in uh, Europe this summer? So it's probably going to be important for him to uh, perform well. Um, The team had some bright, you know, bright young spots. Uh, Wesley Fafana, the 20-year-old uh, French center back, uh, loved the kid. Played with a uh, played with an aggression under control. Uh, every uh, everything that um, Eric Bailly for United is not. Um, hey, 
hey, you no longer you no longer support that team, so I can I can crack wise. Um, we'll we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, underwhelming season from Yuri Telmans. You kind of expected more from their midfield dynamo. Only four goals and uh, only six goals and four assists. Um, but, well, he had a weird season. But you know the, and I don't know how I don't know how Lester does this every year. Uh, they always seem to to have a uh, a fullback who just pops who just pops. Uh, you know Ben Chilwell now with Chelsea. But honestly, you know the player who's been a pleasant surprise and was kind of key to their whole defensive strategy throughout the season was the uh, was the off injured Johnny Evans. Uh, you know, 33 years old, you know, moved on from uh, Manchester United. Uh, and Adam, was it was it was it gracefully, you know, kind of moved on from Manchester United? I kind of feel like, and and maybe he's shown this season that he's a little bit left in the tank. Maybe not in you know as a center back duo, but in a third, you know, being the being the quarterback of a back three, he seemed pretty comfortable and you know played very well. He did, and and. You know, one of the the opinion I've always had of Johnny Evans is that he's a good defender until he has to get physical, and getting physical is tough for him because he always seemed to overplay his hand, and he would either give away a foul um, or he would just completely miss. Um, but no, he's he's looked good, and I think he 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 went from us to West Brom, and I think from West Brom to Leicester, if I remember correctly. But, uh, you know, just to kind of finish this on Leicester, speaking of center backs, I do think that they need to strengthen that side uh, today. Um, uh, what Fafana, unfortunately, went down with injury, and they had to bring Wes Morgan in off the bench. And, you know, as good as Wes has been for Leicester City, the fact of the matter is he's, he's an older player, um, and you need, you're going to need more depth in that position going forward, um, especially if you're going to play with three at the back which they did sometimes this season. And I just, that that's an area that they need to look at and say, okay, how do we strengthen this? Maybe they don't need to go young. Maybe they need to go a little older, find somebody who is just reliable. He doesn't need to be outstanding, but just a reliable yeah. center back to, to sit in there and maybe use some of that experience to guide someone like Fafana along. Uh, because I do think he's got a bright future in the game. Um, well, let's move into the top four in no specific order here, at least not until we get to the top two. So let's 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 start with Liverpool. Um, really, kind of a. I mean, if 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 you'd asked Liverpool at the beginning of the season, if you asked Liverpool fans, how would you feel about just sneaking into third place? They'd probably be like, "Oh, we wouldn't really like that because they just come off of a title-winning season." Um, but it ended up it ended very brightly. Um, two goals for Sadio Mane today. Salah had a good season. Um, you know, there were there were times when it just looked. Uh, we've talked about this before. I think I think the the fixture schedule and the style that that Liverpool play under Klopp, I think it caught up to him this season. They just looked so tired, and it makes sense when you consider the way that they are supposed to play. Um, you know, this high press kind of, you know, knock the other guy's teeth out kind of football, and. With the with the schedule the way it was this season, and with the impact of the pandemic, I just think that was a bit far for them this this season, and for some of these players. And that's the risk that you run when you play uh, Klopp style. I, th- I think you just kind of risk running him into the ground a little bit. Um, supposedly, Klopp has said that they're not going to spend a whole lot of money this summer. Um, if you will notice, one of the teams I think notably that is not been mentioned in the Harry Kane race is Liverpool. So. Um, you know, they don't feel like they have a need there. Uh, we've identified, we've talked about it before, how really I think a, a center back partner for Virgil van Dyke, assuming he comes back, you know, to the level that he was before. And I don't see how there's any reason he wouldn't be, but it's, it's a tough injury to come back from. But, you know, I think strengthening that side and then maybe, um, you know, maybe, in, maybe a, getting an extra midfielder. Cause I don't think Thiago's, I don't think Thiago's the guy. Um, but there are a few injuries away from challenging again, I think, for, for the Premier League. I think they're going to be stronger next season. You know, I think I'm going to say they're not going to challenge next year. Uh, and the only reason being is, um, like you said, Klopp's heavy metal football, uh, Geigen pressing. Um, 
lends to wearing you know wearing the team wearing the team down and unfortunately for Liverpool um, most of these players are going to be going to Euro 2020 and then in you know the winter of 2022 you turn around and there's a World Cup in Qatar yeah um, so there's not going to be any any extended period of rest for these players anytime soon although um, I will say that their front three Mane Sala and Firmino are not going to have that tournament this summer because his Firmino's Brazilian, Sala's yes. Egyptian, and then Mane I think is Camer Seneg- Senegalese Senegal Senegalese yeah, yeah that's right yeah so um uh next up on the list is Chelsea they ended up getting fourth after a two one defeat to uh, Aston Villa today um you know kind of kind of kind of backing into a Champions League spot they're lucky that Leicester didn't win against Tottenham otherwise. Um, yeah, it would, they'd be seeing a different story, and, and the game coming up on the 29th against City would be a lot more important. Um, but they did they did get the the uh, they did get there in the end, um, and you know it was a nice revival under Torchwood, but it kind of fell off towards the end. Yes, it did. Uh, um, and I kind of feel like in that. In that three four one uh, three four two one system that Teuchel has uh, been so uh, you know you know so favor uh, favor uh, favored of in the past couple weeks, uh, it really kind of all relies on uh, Timo Werner, and you know he, he scored some goals this year, but again, I, I think for, for what they paid for him, he's underwhelmed. Uh, don't you agree, Adam? Uh, yes. You know, so I'm a Seinfeld fan, and uh, there's an episode in which Jerry uh, gets this kind of uh, pocket organizer. It's the 90s. This is back when this technology was brand new. Uh, he gets this pocket organizer for his, for his parents, and his dad keeps using it as a tip calculator. And the joke, the running joke is it does other things. It's not just a tip calculator. And that's kind of what I would say to criticism about Timo Werner. It does other things. He he wasn't maybe he he didn't quite score as many goals as he should have this season, but he got a he got a boatload of assists, and he was just constantly involved in anything that Chelsea was doing attack wise. Um, but to that point, if you look at Chelsea and you look at the history, you know Didier Drogba, he took charge, he scored goals, you know. That, and that's the role that he played as a striker. Diego Costa, you know, dark hearts of football, yes. But he took charge. He he scored the goals where he needed to score them. He made the difference. And this season, Timo Werner didn't do that. He wasn't that type of striker. And I think when you look at a fan base that's used to your man up front being that kind of strong personality who's going to take charge and who's going to you know command respect – he didn't really do that this this season, and so that that was underwhelming. It was, um, but I, I mean, I think the future is bright for Chelsea. I think they'll definitely, you know, be solid top four next year, um, given another year under Thomas Tuchel, um, and with players like Havert and uh, Pulisic, uh, you know, getting back to full health. Kai Havertz having that severe bout of COVID earlier this year, and um, uh, Pulisic, you know. Um, having is it is it the calf or is it the hamstring which one is it <laughs> what do you mean injury injury yes. wise for him yeah yes it seems to be, always be one of them um uh caleb chelsea or your west london neighbors um kind of I'll, I'll so i'll put this question to you because it's i think it's more more your wheelhouse you know pulisic he had he had kind of a he had kind of a weird season um for them um you know he was kind. Of, he had some ups, but there was a time under Thomas Tuchel where he wasn't quite getting the playing time, and there were there was questions. There's the word was that he he was probably going to be end up leaving Chelsea this summer. Um, you know, what do you see as 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 his influence? And and first of all, how big do you think it, it is that he plays for Chelsea, um, and that yeah. he is sort of a leading American? But also, you know, what what do you think might be the best next step for him in his career? Well, you know, there's been, I mean, first of all, it's huge that he's there. I mean, anytime you see 
an American who is playing, you know, a potentially significant role for a top European, you know, football club. I mean, that's huge. Um, it bodes really well for, you know, the uh, American football. It bodes really well for, uh, you know, you hope that that kind of experience bleeds over into international play. So, I mean, that's big. I mean, obviously, you know, he's shown flashes of, you know, his ability. Um, he's obviously, he can be a very dangerous player. He's had some injury issues. Um, and there's been speculation because he hasn't seen the most regular time um, uh, for Chelsea that, that you know, he, he wants to go somewhere else. And he's he's come out several times and said he wants to stay with Chelsea. He wants to compete um, and prove that he deserves, um, you know, to start. Um, and I, I think that we're, we're kind of conditioned to think that unless, you know, a, a player is getting – um, you know, a, a full playing time and is starting. Unless he's doing that, then he's kind of wasting his time there. And I think with a club like Chelsea, that's a more difficult argument to make. I think you can make that there's a lot that he could gain as a young player um, from a club of that caliber. So I think he stays. I think he, you know, Chelsea clearly needs some attacking help. They were really poor at, at scoring um, over this past season. Um, and, you know, you really saw that um, the last couple of matches, particularly against, um, you know, obviously uh, Leicester and Arsenal. I mean, they just need some more playmaking. And obviously that's what he can offer. So, you know, I, I think he stays. I think he uh, is manages to crack the starting lineup consistently. And I think you'll see hopefully a more explosive uh, Chelsea side uh, next season. I agree. I will add this. I, I, I think I think we'll see more of Pulisic next season. I think he'll do well. But I, I do say just my own personal opinion, I, I don't rate Thomas Torchell that highly. I don't think he's done as well as he could with some of these clubs. And I think that next season, he I don't think he will do any better with this Chelsea team than he has done in the last few months. I just don't see it. I, I, I don't think they'll get Kane. I don't think um, they'll have a, a good alternative to him. And I don't, I don't know that we see a whole lot else from them other than some bright spots, mostly good, but some times where they just look not at all the team that they need to be. Um, and I think it's just because of him. I mean, he, he – you know, a little bit of a rant here. But, he, you know, he, he talks about making these changes and, and, and whether he shouldn't do that and challenging the players. And yet, you know, and they, they lose 2-1. I think it's three losses in their last four four outings, which includes the FA Cup final. So, I, Yeah, I, I, have a, I have a good friend of mine who's a huge Chelsea fan, and he is beyond – frustrated at, at their <laughs> lack of of uh of finishing and just the way that they performed you know when you go out and you spend the kind of money they did you know and and you struggle as much as they have in terms of of you know scoring particularly in big games um yeah i mean i think there's kind of a clear frustration there this is the side that yeah they finished fourth this is it, but they backed into fourth this is the side that should have finished a lot higher and and yeah i agree i mean when you have the talent but you're not producing then you have to look at at you know, whoever's managing the team, you have to look at them. Yeah. Uh, so let's move uh, on. To the, well, let's move. Well, one more point, Jordan. Then we got to move on to the top two because we're. Sorry. Sorry. It's a long Sorry. time. I know, I know we're taking. <laughs> uh, I know we're taking forever. Uh, gr- gr- you know, great, great two part pod. Uh, we are. Yes. This is the. Yeah. This is the the Avenger. The Avengers in game of. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Of pod. Um, I was going to say, but in your mind, and in my mind, I feel like the you know the number one American playing over in England right now has to be Daryl Dyke at Barnsley. <laughs> it's Daryl DK. Daryl DK, DK, sorry. Daryl DK. That was a joke. That was just uh, just a joke for the guy from Oklahoma. No, I I'm I'm a huge Daryl DK fan. Actually the uh local team up here Energy, they did they did a uh, a social media contest for a signed Daryl DK shirt, which would have been nice to have. Um so let's let's move on to the top two here, and we've already talked a little bit about City um, in the previous pod, so I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on them. But we'll start with the second place team, which is Manchester United. Um, you know, it's hard to to call this season. It's hard to say this season was anything other than progress, and and it's tough to say that, depending seeing as how far we finished behind City. Um, I think the biggest question for United now is. You know, you've signed Cavani, Edinson Cavani, to another deal. He's obviously your biggest goal scorer and your biggest threat. Yet he is 34 years old. He will be 35 next season. Um, Mason Greenwood looked fantastic this season. 
I don't know that he is necessarily a central player. I think he does much better playing out on the out on the wing and cutting to the inside, much like Mar- Marcus Rashford. And so that kind of leaves your best um, central option as Edinson Cavani, and behind him would be Anthony Martial, who I don't know is actually going to be a Manchester United player um, when the season starts in August. I, he did. He had some injury issues, but other than that, I don't. I don't think he did enough. He scored seven goals. I barely remember any of those seven goals. Um, and you know, for a player who's shown as much promise as, as he has, I think the time is up, and I think it's time for him to to go. Um, the brightest spot I think this season was Paul Pogba. I mean, I don't know what got into him, but he looks like the player that we should have gotten when we spent all that money on him several years ago. He was working hard. He was making interceptions. He made fantastic passes. I mean, he he was a big reason why United had such long stretches of unbeaten um, this season. He just he was a phenomenal, phenomenal player, um, and. I am not hearing a whole lot of rumors about him possibly leaving, so I think that's a good thing for United. But in pressing forward, you know, and I don't know if they're going to have the ability to do this this summer, but they really do need somebody like Harry Kane. They need somebody who who can sit up there and and can for long periods, you know, for for more than just a season um, and more than just a little bit at a time, like 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 Cavani can be a consistent goal scorer, be a consistent player for you. And they they really need to spend the money, and I don't know if they are going to. I don't know if they'll stretch up that far. Um, It's going to be a little bit of a different summer for United. This is the first one I think that they are going to have this director of football in place, and they're going to have this, um, you know, this this transfer uh, setup that 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 uh, should have happened years ago. Um, But but you know, we had season after season of of Ed Woodward leading these stupid negotiations. Um, so I'm interested to see what difference that, that is going to make, but, um, you know, and, and obviously there are a lot of questions to ask in terms of the fans relationship with the club because of the protests that we've seen. Um, but you know, it's definitely a season to build on. Um, it was a good, a good, good, great job by Ola to, to get what he got out of this team. I don't think any, I think this is the most, it's the first time that a club has won all has not lost all of its away uh its away games and yet still not managed to win the league i think since the 80s is the last time that that happened um just a fantastic away record for united this season um and like i say you know a lot to build on but you know they 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 they're still i think a few key positions away from really having a side that can challenge somebody like city um you know, if they get their axing gear, Liverpool or Chelsea next season. Um, so, you know, it's going to be an interesting summer. I do, um, I do. Well, you're the expert on him. I do find it funny though when you say they could really use somebody like Harry Kane. Oh, really? You think that he would make the football team better? That's good. That's a good point. Well, no, but they they do need. But I mean, I guess I would say that with the caveat of this. I think there's two strikers right now that a lot of United fans w- are looking at: Harry Kane and um, and Holland from from Dortmund. And I uh, um, would pref- I would prefer Harry Kane, and the reason is because Holland has not proven himself to be a Premier League scorer. Harry Kane has. So if you're going to go all in on a player, I think you go all in on Kane first. Holland's a fine option. Is he going to do as well next season as he did at, at Dortmund? I don't know. If he were in the Premier League, I don't know. It's it's a different it's a different league. It's different opponents. Different style of play. You know, so uh, you know we've we've seen time and time again these players come in from from the continent who aren't ready for the Premier League. I don't care how good they are. So, you know, I, I just I don't know if paying that much money for that young of a player when you don't know what all they can do. I don't think that's very wise. Whereas I think paying paying you know <laughs> spending an arm and a leg on Harry Kane, who you know is going to provide you goals in this league, is the better option. Um, all right, let's talk about City. Um, one more, one more time, real quickly here. I think, you know, I think they like you said, this year, you know what I mean. Like really <laughs> well, you know, it's like weird. Put in more. There was a time when it didn't look like they were gonna really do all that well this season. I think it was weird because the season started so late, so you felt like it was at a time in the year when City should have been kicking on, and they didn't. Um, but to Pep's credit, I mean, he completely. 
I want to say completely changed the team, but he made the changes he needed in order to get the most out of this team this season. And he found his number nine uh, in a 30-year-old German holding midfielder. Uh, yes. Ilke uh, Gundogan, Gundogan with, um, I think, 13 goals. Leading goal scorer for, uh, uh, for Manchester City. Um, but, like you said, uh, you know, there's going to be teams lining up for Harry Kane, the number nine. And he's going to be wearing sky blue next season, unfortunately. And it's going to be awful for us all when <laughs> they're running riot on um, when they're running riot all over the league, scoring four to five goals a pop. Um, you know, players like Fernand Torres, uh, <laughs> Phil Foden, uh, Kevin De Bruyne, who is surprisingly thirty years going to be thirty years old this next year. Uh, I can see that. God, I'm old. Um, <laughs> They're going to love just serving it up to Kane and just, you know, tap-ins galore. It's it's going to be an embarrassment of riches again next year for City. And if they're not going to win the Champions League this year, they'll probably be, again, odds-on favorites next season. Hmm. So it's interesting because, I, I, yes, they're going to have an attack that looks just completely insane next season, especially once they sign Kane, which I do think is going to happen. But, you know, if you look, you mentioned Kevin De Bruyne, he's going to be 30. Fernandinho, who I think played a very very key role for City this season, he's going to be 36. So, you know, if you look at what they really need in, in the offseason, I think they really need to strengthen that, that, that midfield area because, you know, you've just named off three midfielders who were huge in this season, Fernandinho, um, LK Gundogan, and Kevin De Bruyne, who are all older and, and therefore... Um, but I also think, you know, the fact that, they're going to need another good performance, another good season out of uh, John Stones, which you may not get. You know, you're going to need Eric Laporte and and Ruben Diaz to be to continue to be, um, uh, you know, effective in, in the center back role. And then, of course, you're going to need Alexander Zinchenko to continue to do well on the left. So, I mean, there are some areas where I could see them struggling next season. You know, a lot of that kind of came them together for them this year. I think the fact that Gundogan scored so many goals did effectively. When I mean, they got lucky there, and and not to say that you know he's not a good player. I'm just saying he's never been a goal scorer like this, and yet they relied on him so heavily for goals this season. Um, having Kane is going to help with that, but you know, can you continue? I think there was something like it's something like five or six players in City who scored double digit goals this season, which is insane. I mean, that is that's that's an insane mark, and I don't care if it's you know eleven goals for about three guys. I mean, that's an insane amount of production. And are they going to get that same level, especially if they have somebody like Kane in there who I think is going to sort of become the vacuum and suck up all those opportunities that he's going to have to finish? To your point, though, there was actually only two double-digit scorers on the City squad this season, Sterling and uh, Gundogan. Now, uh, I mean, Riyad Mahrez chipped nine, uh, Jesus chipped in eight, Foden chipped in eight, Torres chipped in seven. Um, but, But to your point about Harry Kane sucking up those goal attempts, I mean, with with all that Sergio Aguero left on the plate this year, uh, especially that Panenka attempt, um, I think Harry Kane will have his opportunities opportunities to score. Uh, but more importantly, you know, you're talking about the defense uh, with you know Laporte, um, John Stones, uh, Ruben Diaz, and um, Zinchenko, and you're wondering if they um, can perform you know perform at the same level next year. If they still have, you know, like Fernand, uh, Fernandinho, uh, you know, sitting in the sitting in that holding midfield uh, midfield position and able to drop back into that back three when the two wingbacks uh, push up and overlap, I think they'll be okay. I mean, their 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 goals against was thirty two goals in thirty eight games this year. The team scored less than a goal per game on City, which I think was uh, league. It I think it's been. Uh, league best going back probably a decade, maybe more. So uh, I think City will definitely be the favorite title contenders next year. Uh, and I think they can only get better. I'm going to correct you here. 
because actually when you consider all competitions, here are the, play, here are the city players who scored in double digits. Raheem Sterling had 14, Ilkay Gundogan had 17, Riyad Mahrez had 14, Phil Foden had 15, Gabriel Jesus had 13, Ferran Torres had 13. Okay. That's all competitions. At, I was just looking at Premier League only, sorry. Come at me. Um... <laughs> I didn't say I didn't. I did not say all competitions, sir. I just said Premier League only. Right. I was just okay. being specific about it. Okay. I mean, this all is right. a Premier League. But podcast. I do. I do think. Yeah, that's very true. I. I, I think that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think there's a. There, I'm just trying to look on the bright side of things in a world where City may not be completely and totally dominant and rule our lives next season. I don't think that's going to be the case. But I. I, yeah, I mean, you make a good point that they've just got a lot of good players, and what's important is City haven't just spent. They haven't just spent money. They spent money on players that they need and that fit into a system. Um, and that system could very easily and more than likely will continue to just steamroll everybody next season. Um, it's it's going to be that way, unfortunately, for a while. Um, so, yeah, there, there it was. It took us a few hours uh, and probably um, definitely going to split this pot up. But that is your season review. Um I want to end. Are we off for uh, for a couple weeks? I mean, this is a, yes. this is a great three parter. <laughs> uh, no, sir, we are not off. Uh, we uh, have yes, we are Europa League final, and then we have the Champions League final in Gdansk. I'm not going to. Oh, oh, okay. You, well, this uh, is going to this Europa... is going to be news. This is going to be news to you then, Jordan, because I'm not going to be around for those. Um, oh, so. Dang it. So this is kind of getting to what uh, Jordan was talking about. We will be off for the next two weeks because I will be um, in vacation mode uh, and, and doing some uh, some traveling. Um, Come to see me and- in Georgia. <laughs> I wish. Uh, <laughs> no, we're just we're gonna be going to visit the wife's parents uh, up in uh, Oregon. So we'll be we'll be uh, taking gonna be, a, a going to beat the wildfires. Taking a brief hiatus uh, from the show. Um, but when we come back, we'll have some some uh, Euro 2020 special um, for you. You know, get it because it's 2021. Um, but uh, yeah, so so Jordan, I will be that for that. Caleb, I would love for you to join us for that as well, uh, as much as time allows. I promise it won't be two hours this next time. Um, I'm always down. So, I'm, I'm, so, I'm yeah. always down to talk some football and show my fantastic. Uh, show off my extensive knowledge. Um. <laughs> Um, and drink. I'm on my fifth highball too, so I mean, that's, nice, that's nice. <laughs> uh, Caleb, uh, while yes, Adam sir. is out uh, heading west towards Oregon, Oregon, he will be visiting the uh, Malher Wildlife Reservation uh, okay. to you know commemorate his uh, his his leader's failed attempt at a uh, starting a revolution, the Bundys. <laughs> oh my god! There you go. No, but what I so. So, and you've, you've kind of alluded to this, so I do want to make this announcement. I want to make it really quick because I do want to just basically solidify myself into this decision. Um, this has been a really just difficult season, I think, for all football fans. It's been really hard to go without fans in the stands. It's been, it's it's felt long. It's felt like there's a lot of games and you're just trying to keep up. And then, of course, we're all, of course, having to deal with the pandemic. Um and I understand that there are decisions that clubs have made because of that stuff and maybe not because of that stuff. And of course there's always this sort of, I think, I think there's, there's many, many cases down through the years. You can see this animosity between fans and ownership. You see it at Newcastle. We've seen it at Rangers before we've seen it, um, you know, at, 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 at lots of places. Um, but you know, for me is, I mean, I love this sport. I, I love absolutely everything about it i can't get enough of it 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 is at this point it is in my dna to love football and for the longest time i thought it was in my dna to be a manchester united fan because i'm a firm believer that once you pick your club or your club picks you you don't change Mm -hmm. um there's a lot of things that you can change in life you can change your job you can change um your car you can change your underwear but you cannot change your football club it just doesn't happen you should change your underwear you should yeah it's a key yeah. um that's it's a key yeah it's um uh, hygienic yes. um but uh but i i do think there's something to say when when your club changes on you and that's that's really what i feel f- with manchester united um it i don't recognize it anymore this this attempt to start not just join wow. a european super league but to start 
this European Super League, to be at the mm-hmm. forefront of it, to be a founder of it. Mm-hmm. It just crosses the line. And I've struggled with this question over these last this last month, really, since they tried to do this and it, and it failed, is how do I reconcile my feelings about the ownership and the Glazers and continue to support them? And, and I've realized that I can't. It just is not something that I can continue to do. I know that there are other fans who are going to. They're going to go to the games. They're going to protest. That's fantastic. My former protest is that as of the end of this season, um, I will no longer be a Manchester United fan because I just can't take it anymore. I, I, I'm not going to give my money to this team. I don't want to give my my emotional energy to this, this club anymore so long as the Glazers are in charge. Um and we'll have an update on this later. Um, I'll, I'll, I will pick a new team because that's just – if anybody asked me how do I get into the sport, if you walked up and said, how do I do it, I would say pick a team yeah. and just follow them. And if you want to have a lot of fun with it, you'll pick an English team um, because there's just nothing else else like it. Um, and so my plan right now is, is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick a team. It's probably going to be from a city I feel a connection to, which is London. Um, and – yeah, that's so. That's that's going to be my off season journey. I'm I'm. It's it sounds funny, but I am in these next few weeks actually going toward the desert and through the desert, and I'm going to go there to find myself. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so a lot of lot of soul searching coming up these next few weeks. Um, but we'll come back, and I've given myself a deadline of July first to to call it and to say this is a new team. So I'm just saying, there's a so, lot yeah. of there's a lot of. Uh... There's a lot of room for you here. A lot in, of room uh, in the cottage. cottage. So, a lot of yeah. room in the cottage. A lot of room with a fire cottage. going. That's all I'm going to say. Fire going, cup of tea. Of uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, Caleb, uh, this is a Premier League podcast, so uh, <laughs> uh, Adam's got the, the you know. The, the Jordan, soon to be return to the Premier League. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we're, we're, we're on our we'll, – we'll be back soon enough. Don't, don't you yeah. worry. And so will we. Uh, we'll be back soon enough as well. A few weeks' time, we'll be here with some Euro news and some off-season updates, um, transfers galore. I think this is going to be a fun summer. I think a lot of managerial changes, a lot of stuff going on. So I think this will probably be the most active summer we've seen in a long time. And I can't wait to uh, to do that, and I can't wait to share it with you guys. It sounds yes, great, Adam. Uh, while you're going through the footballing desert, uh, you know, searching your soul, finding your new truth, living your best life. Um, in these next two weeks, before football comes home, so to speak, I'm going to be doing my uh, my best imitation of a true Geordie, and I'll be trying to punch up as many horses as I possibly can <laughs> to get in the fighting shape for the Euros so I can go over there and uh, do my best. Sounds good. Sound training there for, uh, for a Geordie like yourself, Jordan. Didn't. And, Jordan, if you will, sign us off. Guys, let's go eat some pies. Let's go eat some pies. Thank you, Caleb. Thank you, Jordan. Thanks, everybody. We will see you in a few weeks.